Okay, recording. Okay. Uh, all you. We're good. Good. All me. That's <laughs> as it should be. Oh, boy. There all we go. Me. It's I my world. One. You're just living in it. I opened you up for that one. That's right. That's right. Uh, it is Tuesday, episode uh, 216. It's June 14th. Yep. Uh, on Taking Pictures weekly photography podcast bill wadman in new york city jeffrey sidoris in dc um <clears throat> you got a little something in your throat there i got a little something is it allergies no just uh it's not both you and i feel like we're like <coughs> yeah we're like the old men right on, on the muppets yeah, yeah you know i I'm struggling. Oh boy, here we go. What are you struggling no, no. with? I'm struggling. I'm struggling with whether or not <laughs> which one of us is Waldorf and which one is Stadler. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I'm struggling with this with this Orlando thing. Okay. Shooting. What about? And I know this is not a photography. I mean, this is a photography podcast, and that's not photography. But but in as in as much as we talk about art and beauty. As that part of humanity, is it worth at least a few minutes talking about the other side of it, the ugliness that occurred in Orlando? Evil and death. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 this was such a violent, hateful, targeted act. Yeah. And it saddens me on so many levels. Um, not the least of which is that it's being politicized and we still will refuse to have an honest conversation about guns. Well, I think that, uh, look, yeah. I, I am certainly on the side of gun control, but like there are plenty of people on the other side and you're not going to change their minds. Well, you know? look, here, here's the thing. I grew up with guns. Yeah. Since I was very small, my father hunted, reloaded his own ammo. Many of his friends when I was little were hunters. Right. And you know what none of them had? Uh, a machine gun? Yeah. Yeah. Not one had an assault rifle. Right. As I got older, his friends became cops. Most of my dad's friends were cops. Okay. You know what none of them had in their personal collections? Yeah. Machine yeah. guns. Yeah. Automatic military assault weapons. Right. So I don't quite understand. And if, and if this is, you know, rubbing some listeners the wrong way and you want to switch off, go ahead. Because, <laughs> you know, if if we can't even have the conversation, then the willingness to listen to the other side of the conversation is part of the problem, not the solution. This was, you know, you could you could hear and you could see the frustration in the president's voice when he did yet another speech about yet another mass shooting that occurred in yet another city in America. And you could see his frustration that. You know, for the love of Christ, I'm up here again offering thoughts yeah. and prayers. And all I can do is say the same thing over and over again. Over and over and over again. You know, that this could happen at schools. This could happen 
at movie theaters. This could happen at shopping malls. This could happen. Guess what? It already has happened those places. And sure. this was not any American. This was not just a group of people that happened to be. This was a targeted hate crime. This was a targeted act of terror. Yeah. And I just, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand well, you it. Know, there are 310 million people in the country. Some of them are going to be crazy. You know, I mean, I'm not, it's not an excuse or whatever it is. It's just like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, other but than, e but even that, even that, yeah, it, they're, they're, they are already spinning this about a mental health issue. Sure. They're already spinning it. Not a, we're not going to have a conversation about the fact that he was from what we know. Yep. Until, until something else comes out. But from what we know right now, these weapons were, were obtained legally. legally. Yeah, sure. Not through the trunk of a car, yep. the back alley of a gun store. They were obtained legally. Yep. Yeah. Look, as so, far as I'm so, concerned, get rid of them all. <laughs> even if it, even if it is, even, even if his affiliations lie with Hezbollah or ISIL or wherever Whoever. they lie. Yep. The fact remains that these weapons were obtained legally. Yeah. And, and I... I don't understand why I'm, I'm not talking about controlling, but, but I don't understand why we can't even have the discussion that we can't address the hatred, that we can't address the violent tendencies, that we can't address the fact that that this is what the 173rd mass shooting this year in America. Yeah. But we still can't have. A conversation about it well i think there are a lot of conversations about it. i think just people disagree you know i think it's i think it's going a little far to say that no one's having a conversation about it. i think a lot of people are having a conversation about it they're just discussing it in the same way that people discuss abortion you know it's like they're coming at it from two completely different perspectives um and so anyway, yeah I, I, I just I, there's certainly there's certainly no easy answer right although i'll tell you i spent the weekend with um with three british people and uh, and we were sitting there and I was talking to my friend Jim and I said, you know, over there, I said, you know, you know anybody with guns? Because he lived up northern England. He's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, he's like farmers had a shotgun or whatever it is, like sure. with coyotes or whatever. Sure. But nobody's said, walking around with an MP5. And no handguns. Right. You know, it's like he's like, no, no one had handguns. You know, and 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 uh, and and my mother was sitting there, and and, and she was, you know, was like, "Oh, the police still don't." It's just like, nope, you know. And I think even if they do, I think they're like locked in the back seat of the trunk of their car. You know, the British police, right. and they can get them out in like emergency siege kind of situations. But they are, they're like rifles. They're not handguns. Right, you right, know? right, right. Uh, even then. But uh, yeah, it's 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 messed it's up. Odd. It's odd, and, and and again, I'm not I'm not coming at it from the space of nobody should own a gun. I'm not I'm not right. I'm not one of these Second Amendment threatening. I think it's been misinterpreted, but that's another story. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. You know, my father had probably a dozen or so guns, combinations of pistols, rifles, shotguns. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying that that you shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. I'm saying that that. What is wrong with keeping felons from purchasing assault weapons? People on perhaps well, he wasn't a felon. Watch no, on, yeah, on watch people lists on, and things. on watch lists. You people know? who have been investigated. Yeah. You know, or, and and beyond that, 
the idea of a fully automatic weapon, that's something else right. entirely. Was it a fully automatic weapon or did he was he just firing it semi-automatically? I heard, and again, people feel free to write in and correct, but from what I have heard, it was an automatic weapon. That would have to be modified, right? Because I don't think they sell fully automatic weapons. Uh, I, I do not know this. I, I think don't it's think like so. one of those things where they sell the semi-automatic, but you know, make they these three the changes of parts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so it's just I, messed up. I fired just... one of those before, like a, a Bushmaster, like a yeah AR-15. Um, and it was like, okay, <laughs> it's like, you know, pop, pop, pop. I'm like, hey, yeah, this, yeah, whatever. I, j- I just, me, me, I don't understand. I, well, I'll go one step further. I don't understand guns, period, personally. Like, uh, well, I understand it, but I don't, if, if it came down between, well, let's make the world a safer place if no, if everyone gets rid of these things or on the other side, you know, let's have them. And every, every once in a while, something happens where a kid finds his dad's gun and whatever. Like I'd say, you know what, let's just get rid of them, you know, personally, but I, I have no interest in owning one. I've never owned one. I fired a number of different guns, but I can take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, yeah. It's just I, frustrating. And it, yeah. the, the feeling of helplessness uh, it, it, it pales in comparison to those who are living through it, who know people who were affected personally yep. by it. But the feeling of helplessness, it's, it's, it's akin to watching a car accident from the other side of the freeway. Yeah. You yeah. know, all, all I feel like I can do is, is empathize as much as I can, but watch it happen. And, well, yeah. you know, we spend the other side of the time talking about art and beauty and, and, and then something like this happens and it just throws me. It just, it just throws me. I, I, I will tell you that I have become not numb to the killings, but numb to the, to the arguments just from to the, the rhetoric around it. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it's like, you know what? Some people want to have guns. Some people, you know, think that it would be better if we got rid of them or, or you know, want to limit them, whatever it is. Those people are never going to agree, just like the Israeli and Palestinians are never going to agree. Or 80% of them will agree, and the 20% on either side are going to do whatever they can to keep the fight going, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, so I just, I say, you know what? <laughs> like, at a certain point, it's like, I, all I can do is live my life as, as I don't know. It's like I, you can go on Facebook now and you'll see people on both sides, you, you know, yelling about this, that or the other thing. And, and, and it's like, OK, no one changes their minds because of a Facebook post. I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen as much as people want to think it does. And uh, Wait, you, you mean I, I can't just I can't just declare on my on my wall that you can't use my photos legally that I that I do not give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> Um, it just, you know, so at a certain point it's like, I just, I, I've gotten to the point where I stay out of it. Cause I'm like, you know what, this is not useful energy because things aren't going to change. It, it's certainly not these events happening. That's going to make a change because they've happened innumerable times and it hasn't right. made a change. Right. So I don't know what will make a change, you know? Put more um, love in the world, man. That's what's going to make. A well, change. and that's that's the only thing you can do is 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 not be one of those people and and not get involved in that stuff and try to make people accept each other in in so many different ways through your work or whatever. I, I mean, beyond that, I don't know what to do because apparently yeah. no one else wants to change. You know. Yeah, so, I don't know. So that was that was a bummer. Was yeah, a bummer. but you know, then then you know, then the Tonys happened and that was kind of fun. So. Yeah, but they no. didn't. They, they didn't win the twelve that the producers won. Right, but they well they only yeah, won they were, eleven. 
They were nominated for what, 16? Yeah, yeah. And they won, won 11. 11. Yep. Uh, Hamilton, we're talking about. You know what's uh, really interesting, though, is uh, I was reading an article about how it's actually a big problem uh, that other people didn't win a lot of awards because a lot of these shows, in the same way that the Oscars support movies that maybe people didn't notice you know Mm -hmm, some drama mm -hmm. that came out where somebody acted amazingly and then they win a you know uh, best actor award or whatever and that becomes a uh, uh, a reason why people go see the movie and a huge bump after the oscars in the same way uh, uh, Broadway shows can live or die based upon whether they win an award or two because of the press that it gives. Just, them. Yeah, just because of the awareness. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And that there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of shows that were apparently really great this year that you know didn't win any awards because Hamilton sucked all the air out of the room. Um, right. And I, I feel a little bit bad for them because like on a year when Hamilton wasn't there, maybe they would have won all the awards. And you know, um, it's, it's yeah. Like, I it's, mean, it's it's certainly. <laughs> It certainly has changed the game. And I, you know, I, I don't, I'm wondering what's going to happen in the future for big plays. They, Hamilton, they, they are doubling the price of a block of tickets. Like the best tickets in the house are going from 475 to 800 something. They say in an effort to thwart uh, scalpers and, and ticket resellers. How does that thwart scalpers and ticket resellers? Well, the, the thought is They're already that, so expensive already. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> you're paying $800 on the secondary market. So if they're 800 and some dollars on the primary market, then nobody's going to pay $1,500 on the secondary market. Oh, I see. Or will they? Bum, bum, I, well, bum. that's the thing, right? Is, is you know, you're, you're making it an even more exclusive club than it already is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, well, but we're giving away, you know, 10 tickets at $10 a piece. Well, okay, yay. Yeah. Um, it's still a ridiculous amount of money to go see a play. It's also interesting, somebody pointed out that, you know, a, a lot of the plays that ma- – there was a New York Times article, I think last week, I'll have to find it, um, that talked about the amount of money that Hamilton is making and who actually gets the money. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the things they pointed out was that a lot of plays in the past, like Phantom or or uh, uh, Wicked, you know, have made billions of dollars over their run because they've ended up running. They run Broadway, and then they make a whole bunch of other companies, and they sure have them they play get other touring places, productions. Right? Yeah, so sure. so that that Phantom, for example, has been played in I don't know. Let's say the number is 138 cities or some ridiculous number, and that's that's where a lot of it came from. And they said, you know, the one problem with Hamilton is that ultimately it's a play about American history, mm-hmm. and does Russia or China or Europe give a crap about American history? Mm-hmm. Like, will it, you know, it, will, will it, it translate will very well domestically? Right, exactly. But I, yeah. but a lot of the money comes from international stuff, you know. And and how will will China allow Hamilton there? It's about revolution, you know. Right. Like, it's right. not going to happen. So there's this like a lot of interesting sort of oh, that's you know stuff you wouldn't have thought about earlier on in its success that it sort of may in fact limit its ultimate success like on a larger scale. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I just, you them. know, I just, I love watching the Tonys. I love watching the performances in the Tonys. I mean, people are actually singing, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, which is which is odd that <laughs> in in many of the music award shows there aren't the actually Grammys. They still perform live, don't they? Uh, I think some do. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dan, uh, my partner on Aspen, Dan, uh, is, was working for Getty on, at the Tony Awards. 
hmm. uh, like on the back end, sort of like getting all the images and filtering down this whole like server thing that he does now. They um, they did a neat thing. They uh, <clears throat> excuse me. They had the 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 different cast members of the shows come out in front of the theater, the Beacon, yep. and perform a, a part of a song from a Tony winner of prior years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. You had you had a lot of these older shows being sort of reintroduced or re-represented by the cast of current Broadway shows. I thought yeah, it was yeah, kind yeah. of an interesting little touch. You know, I mean, I like Broadway, you like musical theater, but what is what is the penetration of musical theater in America? Like Hamilton, somewhat of a standout, but even then, how many copies of the thing have they sold? Three or four million? You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, it's still not the kind of thing that everyone in the country knows about, you know, yeah. like we, we live in a rarefied thing that gives a crap about Broadway, you know? Um, I think musical theater is, is, is more popular and powerful than maybe you're giving it credit for, especially in, in the educational system. There are a lot of schools. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do, and, right. You know, we'll do we guys and dolls school. or lay Miz. Yeah. Or, yeah, or Godspell sure. or, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. Joseph or, you know, whatever it yep. is. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really develop a taste for it until college. Uh, okay. Yeah. Me, it was earlier, like, uh, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Fan I, Phantom I, was probably my Phantom West Side Story. I was into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Phantom. I, I saw Phantom. Um, that may have been. Did you see Phantom of, in New York or uh, out, out in LA? In, no, in LA. Okay. No. Um, I've never seen a show on Broadway. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The theaters are small, <laughs> probably smaller than you saw Phantom in, in LA. Yeah. Phantom was, yeah. uh, God, where was it? I think it, maybe the Pantages. What's that? Big theater? Uh, I don't know how, how big the room is at the Pantages. But like it big looked, old school theater kind of? It looked bigger than, than like the, the Rogers theater where Hamilton is. I think that's only 1200 and something seats. Yeah. It's small. So it's not a big theater. Yeah, but most of those places are. They were also, there was another show I listened to. God, we're on Broadway talk. Don't worry, people. We'll get to photographs. Um, the, the, they were talking to some producer and saying how hard it is to do this stuff because there are only so many theaters in the Broadway area and they're booked. But if something's really successful, they want to extend it. So you may have to push off a production, the next production, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Right. And right. that two of the theaters, one of them's getting rehabbed or something like that to one of the big theaters. And then another one's going down because they have to do some construction work on the building next to it or whatever it is. So they got to go dark for a certain amount of months. So there's going to be an even bigger squeeze of not enough theaters right. in the next like year or two than has why don't, ever been. Why don't they just do a live stream every once in a while of like, the, certainly the producers are not going to lose a ton of money if they live stream, for example, uh, Lin-Manuel's last night. In yeah. Hamilton, live stream yeah. it on YouTube or Ustream or whatever. How much are you possibly going to lose? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's a contractual thing. I don't know. I, or, or do it as a pay per view, you know, even yeah. for 20 yeah. bucks Ch or whatever. Charge 20 bucks or 50 yeah, yeah, bucks yeah. or whatever it is. You know, and why not? What do I've you thought about that? Lose? You know, I have all those uh, Taylor dance friends, right? And, right. And they have all at least. Uh, f video film recordings of every dance, at least one, like sort of like the canonical version of that dance, like when right. it was created. And it's probably two or three camera shoot. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that they do. Yeah, and it's not and, just like a parent in the back of the auditorium no, with and, a tripod, and, right? And and now they've gotten really you know serious about it because you have to archive these things, right? Because mm-hmm. with dance, mm-hmm. yes, there are notation systems, but really, ultimately, it comes down to wait, what did that guy do there? Oh, see, he moved this way. You know, you can't write everything down for a move. Um, and I and I've said for years to to you know the people who are my friends, and I was just like, I don't understand why isn't all of that up on YouTube as a you know. Here, look, here's the, the Paul Taylor dance archive. Right. Right. And you can go watch these dances. Do you really think that anyone who cares, gives a crap enough to watch modern dance on YouTube wouldn't also be the person who would want to go see it live and right. would get more excited by having it? Because then it's up there. You can share it. More people can actually see what modern dance is. Because if you just say modern dance to somebody who's never seen modern dance, they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. You know? Well, and there, there are so many strata within just within the genre of modern dance yeah and to to, i mean this guy's been going since the 50s so like Mm -hmm. you know there's 60 years of history that right now are on a bunch of hard drives in some office somewhere right you know and it's like man there's such a better way to do that you know and i understand there's an argument for oh well then you know lots of copyrighted works are up on youtube on purpose you know uh somebody was saying that um what was I watching the other day? Uh, C- uh, Computer Chronicles. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, all of Computer Chronicles archives are now up on archive.org or one of those other ones. So you can like go watch all of them. Right. Um, because otherwise it's just going to disappear onto beta tape somewhere, you know? And and I just, I feel like a lot of times this is the kind of stuff that gets people excited. People go see the dance stuff online or they somebody share something. They go, oh, that's pretty cool. We should go next year when they, and it just doesn't make any sense. But I agree with you. Same thing with, with uh, musical theater, right? Like, yeah, especially, especially something like, yeah. like Hamilton for, 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 you know, how many people can afford to go spend a, a weekend in New York, excuse yep. me, <clears throat> you know, if you're coming from. But it's not even know. about the money. It's just getting tickets, period, for yeah. the next year, you know? Well, you can, you could, you can get tickets today if you wanted well, to yes, pay the money for wanna, them. Yeah, uh, scalping, yes. Um, so it's, it's, it's odd to me why they think they would lose or what they think they would lose, especially on, you know, a single performance. Don't, don't sure. have it, you know, a run. It's a live performance. We're going to stream the last show live. So it's, yeah. you know... 8 to 11 Eastern time, whatever. You get one shot. Don't throw it away. It is, <laughs> it is interesting that um, that, that, that who, who's been – is it Fox or ABC? Who's been doing the, the musicals on Fox. TV? Fox has been doing that? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're getting ready to – if it hasn't aired al- already, it's a remake of Rocky Horror, which is a – Oh, that's a terrible dreadful idea. Dreadful idea. But they, I hear that they're going to do the, the stage version of A Few Good Men at some point, which is actually kind of interesting to me. I can't handle that truth. Um, exactly. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there. Yeah. So, but but I I, I do I but do. Bill, yeah, Bill. I want you on that wall. I need you on that wall. <laughs> oh, God, you want me on that wall. <laughs> you need me on that wall. <laughs> Uh, man, Sorkin, Sorkin at his best. Um, but but the fact that those those have been relatively big hits, right? I mean, from a numbers game kind of thing, like the Grease one and that kind of I, stuff. I don't and know the numbers behind it, but I know that within I think they did well a month or so, it was already up on Netflix. Yeah, right. Well, you know? there you go. Yeah, yet another thing. I don't know. So, just, I don't yeah, know what the answer odd. is. But yes, the Oscars. Uh, apparently, uh, one other last Tony's thing about the Oscars, the Oscars or Tony's, Tony's. rather. 
that that Dan was tell- saying to me last night on the phone. He said, "You know, it's really interesting is that there are guys with steady cams up on stage, like in the actors' faces, in the performers' mm-hmm. faces. So he's just like, it looks really stupid in the room." but looks great on TV, right? Like right, th- right. the performers on stage aren't performing to the audience. They're performing to the television audience. Sure. And I just think that that's kind of an interesting distinction uh, uh, that, that goes on there. But anyway, it's good stuff. Oscars. Yeah. Man, I, now I got to go see a play. I got to go see the TKTS and, and, and get some cheap tickets. Right. You can get rush tickets, uh, not the band, although that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> generally, <laughs> generally 50% off on the day of the show. Yep. Yeah. It's good. I haven't gotten around to doing that in a long time. Got to do that. Yeah. Man, I don't know the last, God, I don't know the last play I saw. Probably producers 10 years ago or whenever Yikes. that was. Yeah, don't get around uh, to hey, it Hey, you know, uh, turns out the 10,000 hour rule yeah. might be a load of hooey. Well, yeah, but practice isn't. Uh, I well, perfect. It's, it's a number, isn't. right? It's it's a it's but, a. But that's the fallacy: is that if you just practice, and we talked about this a little bit last week, practice you'll get better, but practice isn't going to make you good necessarily. Okay. However, how do you? I I understand this from the point of view of a skill that needs to be learned, right? I used to play piano pretty seriously. I, I understand methods of practice and, and all the rest. But of you it. didn't do it in a vacuum, did you? You had How instructors. You, you didn't just sit oh, yeah. there and plunk away. No, you no, no, had I had instruction. No, you I, had instruction on how to practice. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. My question is, when it comes to something artistic like painting, and you're not talking about painting technique, how do you know what direction your practice should go in? See what I'm saying? Well, I think you could say it's, the this same is, thing. We're, we're not trying to memorize numbers or, no, or you could play say the some same particularly thing difficult with, piece. With photography. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, you just that's wander I'm around with a camera. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to get better? Sure. Yeah. Are you going to become amazing? Probably not. Right. But you, 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 in that situation, you probably wouldn't become amazing anyway. Like, do you, so you're saying that if you do practice photography a certain way, you would, you might become amazing. I think at anything, at anything, you're going to be, you're going to be markedly better if you first learn how to practice. Yeah. uh, Vincent Versace has a great quote and Vincent is a, is a terrific photographer and, and possibly an even better technician. Uh, Look up his book, Welcome to Oz. Uh, fantastic technician, yep. but he he has said that that practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect, and you first must learn to practice. Yes, and I what, completely agree with that. Okay, but define perfect practice in photography. Well, I think it, perfect practice in in any creative art, in any creative endeavor. There are mentors. There are people that are going to provide feedback. There, it's not in a vacuum. You okay. don't just yeah, yeah, yeah. go out and yeah. do it. Right. I it, understand. It's, it's it's the myth of self-taught. You know, people sure. are oh, I'm self-taught. No, you're not. No, right. you're not. By the way, they do say in this article, it's not about ten thousand hours. But further down, they say that most of the people who won international piano competitions probably around twenty to twenty-five thousand hours. So basically, they're still putting a number. It's just that the number is twice what the ten thousand hours is. Yes. You know, I think here's the thing. You can't think your way to excellence, but you also can't blindly, you know, walk your way to excellence. 
No, it's that's both. what I'm saying. Right. You, it's both. There has to things. be intent. There has to yep. be purpose. Absolutely. Right. But uh, but I think that it's much more difficult if if I want to sit down and say I want to play this list, you know, transcendental etude. It's like. This is a very difficult piece on piano. Okay. Well, I've got to figure out how to make these jumps from the lower registers to the middle to do this one section. Well, I got to practice that slowly and then we got to speed it up and then slow it down again and speed it up and work out uh, the blocking of the, your fingering in your hand to make it the most efficient. Like those are all actual concrete decisions you can make while practicing to improve playing that piece that way. Sure. Um, but to say I'm going to compose a song what is it that's going to cause my practice? Ultimately, there's there's a just a lot of writing songs, right? Is is a is is a lot of that. And yes, playing your songs for other people who can comment on them is is part of it. Sure, um, but but when it comes down to it, you still like the either either whether you're whether you're 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 uh, intentional about it or you're not intentional about it, you you still need to the hours are. are are a huge part of it, right? A, sure they a are, but they are not. They are not themselves going to get you to great. Sure, there are a lot of people who have taken pictures their whole lives who still take crappy pictures. Sure, yep. and I used the the example last week or two weeks ago. I've been playing golf since high school, but yep. I've never had any instruction. I've never had anybody say, "Hey, you're swinging it wrong. You're holding it wrong. You're doing the." So yeah. all I'm doing is I'm going out there doing it the way right. I've been doing it but for twenty five years. But golf is a very specific, like that's an actual mechanical skill that you can improve by somebody telling you what you're doing wrong. And you don't think that's the same for photography? Well, I think that with photography or with any other art, it's purely opinion whether or not what you're doing is good or bad. You know, I don't think that there's any absolute. But there's still purpose objective. behind the 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 action. Yeah, sure, right. But do you think that people who are going around with a camera on their neck just taking pictures for for fun to have no purpose to it? Not in the same way that someone who is trying to make a living as an event photographer or a wedding photographer or okay. a portrait photographer or a wildlife, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 If you're just going around taking snapshots, my parents, probably your parents too, sure. had no intent in taking the picture other than to make sure that you were in the frame. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 And if it was focused, that was a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Usually they weren't by the way. <laughs> right. You know, focus was an option. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not the goal, you know? Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me that, that, uh, that the idea of learning to practice isn't given as much, um, of the front seat and, uh, and, and, and the idea of, you know, this, this idea of a, you can be anything you want to be, you can do anything you want. Well, no, you can't, right. no, you can't. Yeah. That's another story, but no, you uh, can't. But, yeah. But I see, I, I still, I, I, I will, I will battle you on, on the, intentional practice I think works for certain skills and I don't think it works for other skills or rather of okay, course, where, where doesn't it, where, where will just going through the motions? No, work? I see that you're, you're, I think you're, you're simplifying it a little too far. Uh, I don't think that anybody who's any of our listeners who are, let's say they're nature photographers, right? We're using a nature photographer for the, for the, uh, photographer of the week later. Okay. You know, if they're going out in the woods every weekend and and trying their best to take pictures of the world around them is that enough intent or do they have to be friends with you know sebastian salgado in order to to have think, him analyze what they're doing i think that's enough intent 
but right. it's that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get any better. Right. Or, or or beyond a certain plateau, which I think is why, if we want to stay on our listeners, sure. I think it's why a lot of our listeners share in the group because right. the the feedback, the constructive criticism, sure, is helpful. Right. Oh, so I you, would like you, to have seen this, or right, right, or right. hey, this is great, but maybe try this. So you consider just constructive criticism is enough of a feedback loop to to I think to it fill can your, be. to fulfill your requirement. Yeah. I think it can be because it's it's refinement. Right, you know, right, right. It's it's a woodworker who doesn't just blindly sand a piece. He sands or she sands, takes the sandpaper away, feels it with her fingers, sands yeah, again, sure. feels it yeah. with their fingers. Because the sandpaper enough isn't the sandpaper alone right. is you not have enough. To, you have to measure it. Yeah, right. you've, but, you've got to have feedback. You've got but, to have have some 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 purpose to it. Yes, but I think that I think that you don't give enough credit to people having self feedback. So I think people are smart enough to go out for the day in the city, take pictures, come home, and go, "Wow, that one wasn't very good, and that one is good. I wonder why that's good. Oh, I guess I shot it later in the day, and the light was better." Or I'm, or, I'm not or saying that you can't. Right. I'm not, and I'm not saying it has anything to do with how smart or intelligent someone is at all. No, I mean, no, no, but 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 I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think but those that are the lot... words that you used. That I'm that I'm making a commentary on somebody's smarts or intelligence. Did I say s- smarts or intelligence? <laughs> yeah, that somebody's not smart enough to come home and figure out that this isn't. You know, that's not what I'm saying at all. Or or, or uh, in, uh, emotionally intelligent or whatever. Like I I feel like that a lot of people can can look at their own work and see what works and see what doesn't work and then iterate on what does work without having. Maybe a, t- a ton of people on the outside commenting on their work, you know, Maybe. and, and I think that doing a lot of that over the course of 20 years will lead to improvement, you know, and, and I'm not quite, this is, this is where you don't, this is either you're not hearing me or you're just not acknowledging it. I'm not saying you're not going to improve. I'm not saying that, that <clears throat> simply repeating emotion over and over again, or repeating an activity over and over again, I'm not saying you're not going to improve. Right. But I'm saying without adding purpose, without adding intent, without adding more than just your own input, the odds are that you are going to plateau much sooner than had you not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Look, I think that anybody who is listening to this show, certainly, let alone anybody who actually picks up a camera in, in a way that anybody who's taking pictures other than of their kids quickly while they're you know oh look at joey's eating peanuts or whatever um <laughs> really that's where it is whatever joey is little joey is eating joey's eating peanuts. some serious peanuts i <laughs> you know the other day uh we we were up in connecticut and i and and my friend lisa was eating lobster and i picked up my phone and i took a picture of her eating like the entire tail of a lobster right mm-hmm. this is not high art sure i i i if i wasn't a photographer i would probably take those kinds of pictures like everyone does of their friends for future uh, blackmail negotiations. Um, but, but, but anybody who's picking up, I, I feel like the, 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 uh, um, the ingredients that you're talking about are, are in almost everyone who cares about photography enough to be listening to this show or cares enough to actually call themselves a photographer in some way are doing all the things that you're saying. But you just, you just said it care. Yes. There is intent. There is yes. purpose. Right. Your mother has been taking pictures since well before you were born. Has she gotten markedly better? 
Yeah, probably my mother not. has probably taken a thousand pictures in her life, but okay. But how but, many but, pictures did did Ache take his right. entire life? Well, yes, but so if but if my mother decided tomorrow to go, you know what? I care about photography, and your there's your care word. Mm-hmm. I feel like that plus a whole lot of doing it will lead to improvement in a way that it's it's not like she's just going to sit there and and get no better. You see what I'm but saying? You've just made my point. It okay. is in purpose. Okay. It is in taking the so care. Then, then what to you're get saying better. is true of everyone who does anything with any sort of sense of oh, I actually chose to do this, right? Yes. Okay. So, so but it's not just practice. It's not just. It's yes, not but I just feel like anybody who's okay. Anybody who's going to practice, anybody who's even going to use the word practice, whatever they're doing, has intent. So by definition, would fulfill all of the requirements you're talking about, right? Doesn't fulfill all of them, but it helps. It's okay. incremental. There is no. There is no panacea that, that you're saying. Well, well, you're saying this, and you're saying this, and it's either on or off. It's not no. on or off. You're yeah. you're trying to make a gray discussion black and white. <laughs> and, it's, no, and it's not. No, what I'm trying to do is say that anybody who uh, is is actually going to do anything for 10,000 hours probably cares about what they're doing. You know, you said you've gone and played golf, you know, a dozen, two dozen times in your life or whatever it is, or however well, often you say. Many, many more than two okay. dozen, but okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and I you, really enjoy it. I love okay. playing golf. I so is there a reason, it, is there a reason why it. you haven't tried to get better at it? Hmm. Because I don't look at it as a, as a, I don't know, as something that I really want to pursue. I just enjoy it. I don't, I don't care how much better I get at it. If, right. if I shot par, I wouldn't enjoy it any more than, you know, shooting 50 over par, you know? I mean, I guess the, the, the real question that this all comes down to is- I suck at is, batting cages too, but I still enjoy going to batting cages. Yeah. There was a scene with a batting cage on NCIS episode I watched last night and I was like, man, I want to go to a batting cage. That looks like yeah. fun. I'm horrible at it, yeah. but I enjoy it. Right. I guess. I guess my point is that we also you're putting some value on, you know, somebody who's good or somebody who's great, and it's just like, well, those are only really values for its external value, right? Like whether or not the images that I or you or somebody else takes are worth something to somebody else in some way. You know that that I would get hired to do something because my skills are at a certain level or whatever it is. Right. Well, you, um, let's use you as an example. Yep. Have you gotten better since you first picked up a camera? Sure, of course. And did you do that all on your own? And if you say yes, you're lying. I did it all on my own. No, I didn't do it all on my own, but I've never taken a, 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 a any sort of structured class in photography. This is structured. What does that mean? Structured class. You've, you're friends with other to, photographers. Yes, you've I've talked to other work. photographers. You've gotten feedback. Yeah. You have gotten external input on your internal expression. Yeah, so, but I will say that I think that probably 80% of my improvement is me noticing things, not other people pointing them out. Of course it is. What? <laughs> it just, I, it I, is. I don't, I, it, and I'm not saying that I'm great or where I want to be, but like it's, I, 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 I don't put as much, um, I think it's interesting. The, we talk a lot about the experience of taking the pictures and all the rest of it. It's just like, I, I enjoy the experience of taking the pictures I take and I want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Distill that experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, mm-hmm. and that more so than the mechanics of taking the picture. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. I, for me, the mechanics have to be there to the point that I can get something that I look at and I find satisfying in, in a way that I look at other people whose work I respect and find satisfying. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's ultimately ultimately my goal. You know, it's like I I will look at I don't know a Seliger picture or a coupon picture or whatever it is, and I'll go, ah oh, man, he he or she really got it on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll be like, I want to take that picture. I saw a picture the other day in uh in uh, uh what was it New Yorker magazine. Man, who was it? I, I took a picture of it because I was just like, I need to figure out, uh, who, you know, how this guy did it. Oh, it was, uh, oh, it was uh, Chris Chrisman took this photo. Oh yeah, yeah, I've talked to Chris, and uh, it was it was this lovely portrait of this of this mathematician, and I was just like, you know, that's a really great shot. I never thought about lighting that way. So yeah. I guess in that way, you know. Uh, d- d- you're 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 right in the sense that like yes I see other people's work and I and and I and I mimic right to sure to, to sort of I mean, refine you, you've my own gone thing. through your Seliger phase you've gone sure. through your coupon phase you've sure. gone through your Heisler phase sure. you've gone through your Winters phase right. and you take what and you take little bits of each of them and you mold them into something that is your own sure right? this is what we without all that input without that external yeah. Yeah. input would you be where you are and the answer is probably no absolutely no. not however. I never really thought of I, I'm I've never intentionally been doing that in such a way that I'm like, I'm gonna do this so that I can find this one little thing. Like I don't I don't think about it as an academic pursuit. You know, and I feel like when you describe it, it feels like it's an academic pursuit. I don't know that I agree with that because you've talked about trying to deconstruct Winters in specific specifically. You've tried to, you've talked about yes. deconstructing uh, his yeah. work. I guess I, yes, but but I don't see that as. I guess maybe it's just that I don't see that as work. Um, and maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. It's like uh, in, I, I, it doesn't feel like something I have to practice when I played piano involved doing a lot of stuff that I really didn't want to do in order to get to the place that I wanted to be, right? You have to play these scales. The scales are boring. You have to do them slowly, even though you could do them faster because it's all about muscle memory and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I've never felt that way with photography. And I guess you've, that's, you, you've, you've never gone to a shoot and gone, well, okay, I got to do this because I got to do it. Uh, it's not really what I want to do, but this is going to allow me to do something else. Well, like a, like a, like a, no, yeah, but uh, what, like a work shoot or something like some, yeah, yeah well, I, I think that's different. Some, somebody's hiring me, but even then most of the time, no, I mean like I, okay, I, I took pictures for a magazine yesterday and, um, it was in the backyard of this building in the Bronx and it was 10 AM and it was all just like hard light slamming down into the space. And like I had a, I had a big light with me. I had a 60 inch soft lighter. And so I used the sunlight coming down as sort of a rim light on coming down the top back of them. And I put this big soft lighter and it was like these three African-American gentlemen and like black skin is like really hard to get the amount of light on it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it sort of, soaks up light it's hard to describe right like mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. no i got you i yeah. got you I've, um, I've heard that from other photographers as well yeah it's really it's really difficult uh and mm-hmm. these guys were like three sort of different shades their skin of course which makes it more complex and they were older men so they were kind of like scraggly you know a little bit um man they were characters too it was really great this one guy john was like nuts I think, he, nice. I think he, he was just like, he's like, I liked you. You're funny. And I was like, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm trying to get you to take a picture. Ah! <laughs> nice. You know? um, but, it, and, and, and a lot of that's like juggling, but like technically I was doing the best that I could do in that moment. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I guess what it comes down to is that if, if you really, if you really love what you do, it doesn't feel like practice. 
Well, that's a different that's a different discussion entirely, though, isn't it? Yeah, and and maybe that's why I have uh, friction with your theory. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it is just a theory, to be sure. Right. This it's where I'm at now, and if we've learned anything from from the past You'll four years of hearing me week. ramble, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Sakasagawa will send me an email, and I'll go, huh? I didn't think about it that way. Okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, off yeah, I yeah. Go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but where I'm at right now, um, yeah, that that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's uh, Oof. it's interesting. Uh, uh, Todd Reynolds put up a article the other day on Digi Fiddler. Yes, D- Digi Fiddler. Uh, yeah, I love that name. Hi, Todd. Uh, put up a uh, an article. It was it was about practice and all the rest of it. Let me find it. Uh, um, I'll find it and put it in the show notes in a little while. Um, it was, it was that he wrote or that he found. No, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, an article about practice that he found. Ah, Um, and it was talking about numbers and, you know, the average person can remember whatever it is, eight or nine digits, you know, short term memory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like spit out eight or nine digits, one a second, and then they have to read them back to you. The average is somewhere between eight and 10 people who are really on one day might get 11 or 12. And of course there's crazy people who can remember lots of them, but there was this ordinary guy and it was a psychological study at a college. And one of the students who could only remember nine or 10, like got frustrated by that and wanted to improve. So he and the, he and his uh, professor started coming up with a modality, a way of him to improve. And it, it was a lot of this like two step forward, one step back, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you more. And if you can't remember more then we go down to one less. So if hmm, you can't remember okay. 11, we go down to nine, you know, like, or whatever it is. And like, then, then 10, then 11, then 12, you can't remember 12. We're going back to 10. I think right. is, is the way it was. And he went from 10 to 48 in a year. Wow. Right. And so most, that you could say you could, you could rattle yeah, off 48 seven, numbers four, to him. Eight, yeah. And he'd remember them and he would remember them. Wow. And uh, it came down and what what he would do, and it was a really interesting article because it would say that he uh, found ways to break up numbers into chunks, you know, found tricks. Like, yeah, oh, if I break like little, them into like sets of five. Numeric mnemonic devices. Type exactly. Things. That kind yeah, of yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Which which I understand are, are perfectly reasonable ways of doing it and what a lot of people do. That to me feels like, well, then you're converting it to something else and that's kind of cheating because you're not really remembering the numbers. You're remembering, you know, places in your house or whatever, you know, the whole that whole memory uh, palace thing is. Um, mm-hmm. But but he, he got to like 48 or whatever it is. And I read the article and, 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 and Todd was talking about it from the point of view of, of, of practice of violin, right? That's Which, amazing. Yeah, it, 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 it is a complete, He would rule playing Simon. This guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would um, be amazing. Go ahead. But, but, but I guess where I was going with it was that Yes, it was true. Yes, this guy made these huge gains by doing this one forward, two back approach or whatever it is. And that definitely would fulfill your definition of sort of the whole intentional practice to improve and and mastery. I I guess my problem is that I have a hard time defining mastery in any sort of subjective art form, you know? And so it's like- But you do know it when you see it. Uh, well, I know what I like, but it yeah, might not be what, I mean. what you that's like. That's what I mean. Sure. In, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in your, through your grid, your filter, yeah. you're going to look at something and go, 
wow, that's yeah. that's that's the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I may try. You're right. I may try to look at it and deconstruct the lighting, and like I may try that lighting myself, and it works or it doesn't work, or it's something I throw in my bag, and that's all true. But I don't look at something and go. All right. How am I going to get this? I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go back to doing some other guy's lighting. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't quite understand how I would make my practice more scientific within what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like a lot of talk about practice is stuff like this number stuff or this, even this 10,000 hour stuff, which is also talk about musicians, by the way, because music's like this strange confluence of muscle memory and artistry, right? Cause that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like this technical excellence you have to have, and then you have to imbue it with some sort of humane magic that, that turns it into something more. Um, but, 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 but what a lot of people look at is like, well, whether he can play that Paganini piece or not, is the benchmark or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, you got to learn the, the, uh, I, I shot a concert pianist last year for, for, uh, some portraits for her album. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her and she was just like, oh yeah, you know, on a light day, I'll practice four to five hours. But even, you know, you just said something, yep. they can play a Paganini piece and whether or not they play, blah, blah, blah. but yep. even that becomes subjective because yep. I could listen to you or someone else. I could listen to someone play a piece and think it was marvelous and think yes. it was absolutely sublime. Right. And somebody next to me who is maybe an aficionado of classical music or a composer or right. a conductor would go, yeah, well, he or she totally blew this section or this was completely wrong. And I would kind of go, huh? Yeah, Sounded sure. great to me. Yeah, yeah. So oh, why is that not the same for photography? Well, it's, it's, it? it's interesting. It is. I, I, have, I have taken pictures in the past that my mother's will say, that looks just like so-and-so's pictures. Like, like it looks just as good as so-and-so's pictures. How come you're not like getting the work they're getting? And I'm like, you can't, if you can't see the subtlety, the subtle differences of why their picture is better, or they were doing it 30 years ago. And that's why, you know, their thing is better or whatever it is. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, yeah, there's a certain level of, you have to know enough to know what is good and what is bad or which is good and which is better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you put, put two skateboarders on the ramp and my mother can't tell the difference, but you or right. I, who maybe were more into that can look and go, wow, that guy really is, is look how much more finesse he has or whatever it is. Right. 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 Um, right. yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. This whole practice thing is interesting. I'm sorry to go on and on about it. I just, no, it's uh, all right. I, it's something that I, I continue to wrestle with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes me want to take a nap. Well, <laughs> The question is, are, are, are you, are you in your conversations or your podcasts or whatever, thinking about them practicing in an intentional way Yes. or is it? Okay. So how, how, how are you, how do you do that? I think that, well, first of all, I, I, this latest, this latest episode of PD with Nick Brandt has been so far, uh, I, I've received more emails about this episode than I have any of the previous episodes. Okay. That that this is best one yet. Yep. You know, it was more of a conversation. It was, you know, there was, uh, uh, it was, it was more back and forth. There was, there, you were willing to kind of let yourself, you know, be, be open or vulnerable or wrong or whatever the words that, that have been used, but there have been quite a number of emails that I've gotten about this episode. Uh, and I positive think, and negative or what? Positive, all positive. Okay. Um, 
and thank you. Those of you who have listened to this episode and all the other episodes, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have not, look up Process Driven on iTunes or in your favorite uh, app. Anyway, I think part of part of how I approach a conversation, it's twofold. Number one, I have a conversation with the person before we record. There's yeah. a there's a pre a pre conversation. Do you ever uh, feel like you're uh, blow your load early, as it were? Nope. Okay. Because I don't talk about all I'm trying to do in the pre-conversation is is it is a means of introduction. Okay. It is a it is a way to see that person's cadence, to hear their speech patterns, to hear what their energy level is, roughly, so mm-hmm. that I can come up, go down, speed up, slow down. It's it's matching and mirroring. This is okay. this is a, a, a tried and true, and 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 it's not it's not a trick. I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel at ease so that we can get on with having the conversation and not worry about having the conversation. Right. Okay. Uh, I also do a lot of research. You know, in the case of Nick, I read all of the essays that he directed me to. Uh, I watched interviews on YouTube. I read other people's interviews because what I don't want to do is ask Shepard Ferry how he got started in screen printing. Right. Because there are Everyone's 47 examples sure. where he's had to answer that. So it becomes boring for the guest. And if you listen to the show, the opening question for him was about writing his legacy because he is a beautiful writer. Right. He, 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 he's a terrific writer. And I asked him if he ever had thought about his writing living on as a legacy to his work, to his thought process around the work beyond the photography. Right. And his response was something like, you know, what a delight – I've never had that question before. Sure. Yep. And I want the person to enjoy themselves. I want to facilitate a story. I don't need to be right. I don't need to get my point of view across. That's not why I'm there. And hopefully that's not why you're tuning in. You're tuning in to hear from this person and to hear a conversation with that person. Okay. But how is it a conversation if you are not bringing your point of view to the, to the- I, I am bringing my point of view as a res, as a means of response or as 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 some sort of retort but I don't want to go off on some rant about <laughs> practice sure yeah. when I'm talking to Nick Brandt when I'm talking to Dan Winters when of I'm course. talking yeah, to yeah, Greg yeah, Crudson yeah. all I want to be is a conduit to get us having a conversation having more of a conversation and less of an interview and it does, you know, there certainly there are questions, but in the case of Nick, there were questions that he had back to me. So there was right, this right, sort right, of right. dance back and forth of, yep. you know, tell me whether or not you agree or do you think of this or what do you think about that? So in, in that respect, we were able to let go of the idea that it was a, that it was an interview Right. And instead just have a conversation. Sure. And I, and I think that has become, to, to kind of go back around to your question, that has become something that I've worked very intentionally on is coming in with notes, coming in with ideas rather than specific questions and letting, letting the guest's response in, in some way inform where I go next rather than just going, okay – uh, question number four, right, what right, do you right, think right, about right, this? Sure. Yep. Um, so yeah, I do think it's been purposeful. I do think it's been intentional. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of interviews. I listen to a lot of interviewers to see what they do and what they don't do. 
and right. I and I make notes and yep. I try and and I try and distill that into how I can approach it and be different and maybe better. Do you ever wonder though if you will be pulled away from who you are? Um, I wonder about who you it. naturally are. I guess is the way to put it. I wonder about it, but I'm I'm by and large such a knucklehead that you know I'm going to step over you. I'm going to giggle like an idiot when you say something funny. I'm not going to be you know Dan Rather Ted Koppel professional because sure. that's yeah. not me. Yep. And and I think when I've when I've tried to be too NPR it comes across as me trying to be too NPR because right. it's not me. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's just not. I'll tell you, and, man, listening to that, uh, uh, listening to anything that Terry Gross does now feels so stilted and tight to me. It's like, ugh, it's cringeworthy half the there time. There is some of that. And I, and I think Her that, interview that, with the guys who did with Mike judge and the people who did Silicon Valley was so uh -huh. cringeworthy the other day that I had Heather and I had to turn it off. I think that's, listen to it. I think it's one of the reasons I like, people like Marin is because you, you get Marin to, to, you know, love him or hate him. You get Marin. And because he's, he's okay being him, the guests are by and large, okay being themselves. Yep. yep. And, and, and he gets, I mean, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of, I mean, all of them, but I listen to a lot of them and, yeah. and he'll get like, there was one not too long ago with William Friedkin. That was a fantastic conversation. Um, his conversation with Jason Bateman a while back. I keep going back to that one. I've listened to that a few times. That was really good. Right. Um, oh, so the I Friedkin one was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th I think you just end up, you end up having, and the, the, you can apply this to photography. You can apply sure. this to painting. You have to, you have to shoot through your own lens. You have yeah. to speak through your own mic. You have to paint with your own brush, whatever pithy <clears throat> euphemism you want to use. That's what, that's what makes it your own. I, I think I think it's interesting coming full circle is that I think you and I a lot of times are saying the same thing. It's just that I do all those same things that you're talking about with my photography. I just don't think about them as I'm not consciously thinking about them. It's just sort of what I do in order to get what where I'm going, you know. But I don't think of the, I don't write down a list of what I'm going to do to get better. But I do all of the same things that you do talking to people I do when going to photograph somebody. You know, mm. I do research. I look at older pictures of them. I talk to, I look at, you know what I'm saying? Like I do all of those things. So I have something to talk about and kind of conversations with them and, and how to make them feel comfortable and get them in their own skin so I can get what I need to get out of them. And to bring enough of me that it's definitely my picture, but not so much that it's basically a self-portrait, you know, although mm -hmm. who, who mm -hmm. said that all portraits are self-portraits that have it on? Uh, I don't know. Um, you see Sounds what I'm saying? Like something Avedon yeah. <laughs> but see, like I, I, all of those things you just said, I do all of those things as well when I'm taking portraits. I just, I just don't think of those things. I, I'm not writing them down and, and making a list. But before you are I do intent it. about them. You yeah, are, I, you, I guess you, I am. But it's, it's sort of un, I'm, I'm unintentionally intentional. <laughs> Sure. You know? yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't find that article and I'm going to, I'll have to ask Todd. You know, have you ever noticed that uh, it's sometimes really hard to find something that somebody put up on say Twitter or Facebook later? Like I can go in and look up at Digity Fiddler practice. Cause I know that the, art, the thing was about practice and he said something about practice in right. the thing. But when I do a search, 
it doesn't come up or other stuff comes up, huh. but not the thing I'm looking for. Have you noticed that like on Twitter and Facebook, they're not really graded it. Um, Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I have, I, I can't say that I've noticed what you're, I mean, I, maybe I have, it, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. it's not right on the top of my head though. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find that thing. It's going to drive me crazy. Oh, what are you going to do? Is it practice memorizing? No, it's definitely practice. Ah, hate that. You can't, you can't remember. <laughs> what were you practicing? I can't remember what he said about memorization. Right. <laughs> right. Um, let me uh, pull up. We, uh, we, need to t- we need to talk about your sheets, Jeffrey. Parachute. Okay. You, you want to sing guys, a song or something? Uh, uh, no, but I'm telling you, if you need a soft place to land. Oh, I like it. Parachute sheets. Parachutehome.com is where you want to go. Yeah. I, can you explain to me Hold how on. they you know have a, how, how do they have a betting brand in Venice Beach, California? There are a lot of like, uh, uh, there are a lot of beds in Venice Beach. <laughs> but there are, there are a lot of, is there a lot of commercial stuff down there by the beach, like old warehouses or something? I never noticed. Maybe their front is there. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not manufacturing. Yeah. Online se. betting it's, brand it's, based in Venice Beach, California. Just seems like well, an it's odd like, place. It's like, you know, Apple's based in Cupertino, but everything's made somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. the design, you know, all the marketing and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Where do they have? Say? I was just going to see if they had the slate. They do have the slate percales in stock. I so love you, these things. You lo- so that's the that's the gray color. Yeah, slate. the slate percale Venice sheet set with the duvet cover. Lovely, lovely, lovely. The uh, yeah, I ha- I actually currently have. Uh, Actually, I currently have them on our on our bed right now. Did you guys get the white? Uh, went with white. Yeah, yeah I haven't I haven't the tried crisp, the duvet man. cover yet because uh, we have okay. a duvet cover on our duvet. Two things that I that in a nutshell, well, three things that I really like yep. about about these sheets. And and this is this is not I don't have any sort of marketing spiel in front of me. This is just me, as you listeners know, yammering on about things. Um, number one, I, they they are they are thick without being stiff. True. Uh, they feel very sort of comforty, old farmhousey kind of sheet. Old, yeah, they're old world sheets. Yeah, so I love that. Number two, the pillowcases are seamed with a back enclosure rather than just coming out the sides. So yes. you're not going to have the, the, the pillowcase and, uh, is, is not going to bunch up and leave half the pillow hanging out by the morning. Hate that. Which, which drives me crazy. Um, the third thing is on the duvet cover, they actually use little rubber buttons at the base of it instead of, instead of plastic. So the, the duvet cover doesn't come off. There's, there's enough surface tension between the rubber and the fabric that, that the buttons don't come out of the buttonholes, which I dig. Yep. So three, three reasons why I like them. Parachute is an online betting brand based in Venice beach, California. Great sleep starts with your sheets. As everyone and Jeffrey knows, uh, Parachute has created a line of everyday bedding essentials from sheets to comforters uh, to give you superior sleep. And man, don't we know that we all need more sleep in life. Parachute's yep. website is straightforward and easy to use. Simply selecting the bedding items you want and then having them delivered directly to your door. It's easy. They got free shipping, free returns, 30-night risk-free guarantee so you can rest easy knowing that your sheets are there for you. 
I like the packaging too. I like the branding. They come in yeah. the little bag with like a little, yeah. a little uh, uh, piece of twine I, and a little drop tag. I know. I have the bag and it's like, I, I don't store them in the bag all the time, but I'm kind right. of like, this bag is too nice to do, get rid of. I want to use it for something else or something. Right, 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 right. Uh, but the, yeah, lo- lovely. The The website's really nice. I, I agree with you about the uh, the sheets. I don't use it. I'm, I'm not a top sheet guy. So, yeah. so we have an extra top sheet if anybody wants it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so go shop online. He'll, he'll make you a good deal on it. Uh-huh. Parachutehome.com <laughs> slash pictures for new sheets, duvets, other bedding essentials, and receive $25 off your first order by using the offer code pictures. That's uh, parachutehome.com slash pictures, offer code pictures. Uh, hey, by the way, Jeffrey, like did, you, their towels. did you know that thread count is a marketing gimmick? I've heard that. You can read all about that. it at Parachute's blog. Also, hey. do, you, do you know how to fold a fitted sheet? I do not. Oh no, a fitted sheet. No, no, I don't. No, a fitted yeah, sheet. Yeah, it just gets. I no. think they're going to tell you to, to fold it within in, in in the pocket on the other side. So we're going to have to go go to the yeah, parachute blog and check yeah. that out. And did you know that forty percent of Americans sleep without a top sheet? I don't understand you people. I yeah. Anyway, uh, thank uh, you very oh, much to Parachute Home for uh, for supporting. Andrew thank you, pictures. Parachute. What were you going to say? I like the other thing I like about the, the duvet cover is it's got the little ties on the inside of the corner. So you can tie yep. off the yep. corners of your, du- of your, uh, of your comfort. In my opinion, a requirement. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd like to try their towel. Are you a, are you a bath sheet person? Do you like a giant bath towel or just like a classic size bath towel? A uh, classic size bath towel. Yeah. I don't like the giant sheet type thing. No, I don't, I don't need it's that. It's too much fabric. I get kind of confused. Yeah. I think, you know, if you, yeah, if you're like, it, it's also, I mean, I live in a small apartment in New York city. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have room for giant sheet towels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then they're too big to put on my head after I get out of the shower. <clears throat> you put your towels on your head? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, right. Cause you have the long hair. Do you know that's actually really bad for you? <laughs> uh, I read an article as, the other day. Top not as 10 bad things as not towel to do. drying or blow drying. Oh, I, I used to I used to towel dry my hair and then just put it in a ponytail and let it. It was still like wet at four in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I got some leave-in conditioner that's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Oh boy, it's like you really have thrown back straight back to the seventies, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Let me get some Birkenstocks later. Uh, yeah, I actually I like Birkenstocks, although I do use I use like a Mephisto version of the Birkenstock. It lasts yeah. longer. Do you like them better with the white socks or the dark? Mm, nice cute don't do it with the socks wise ass <laughs> i do however like uh not not a not an ad but i will say i recently got soles s-o-l-s oh yeah those in the insoles for your yeah no, you got them for your running shoes though right uh, well you can something? put them in whatever you want and yeah. i i sometimes swap them from shoe to shoe but r- lately because of my plantar fasciitis problem in my left right. foot and my heel uh i've been pretty much wearing my running shoes all the time um what, what do you use what kind of running shoes uh, i'm an asics man yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm a New Balance person. I, I yeah. made the mistake of trying a pair of Adidas and they're crap. They're already starting to fall apart. I will never buy another pair of Adidas. It's back to New Balance. Isn't it amazing, though, that you certain brands shoes fit you and certain brand shoes don't? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like New, Balance, New Balance, I put my foot in. I'm like, oh, this feels like I'm a Flintstone guy, like flat foot. Like it doesn't it yeah. doesn't support me enough. You know, um, New Balance is good. I wear an 11 in New Balance. Yep. Uh, in uh, eleven medium, but in Nike, I've got to use wide because they the they're more narrow. Yeah, they're they're more narrow toward the 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 front of your foot. But those insoles, you take pictures of your foot on this app with a sheet of paper for like a, a eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper for for like a uh, sizing. Yeah, for yeah. size reference, 
and uh, they you take it from a different angles, and then they 3D print the heel cup to your heel, and then they send them out to you. They're like 100 bucks, or I think 85 on sale, which mm. is a pretty good price for custom insoles, and they really are pretty great. So i just giving them a f- free plug because I like them. All right, where do you want to go from here? We've only been um, talking for like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. Do we want to save... All this, uh, what, the Salgado? Yeah, do you want to save that? Or yeah, we can have that discussion some other time. I don't know that there's much of a discussion. I mean, we can, we can I don't know there's much, whatever well, you want. Well, actually, well, last week we kind of got close to it, just the idea that somebody may, in changing the way they do things, they may hit upon what you and I think is like, no, that's where you want to be, and then they keep moving past it, right? Remember we were talking right. about like the stuff that we liked. I think it's a that's let's use that for another time. I think that's okay. a good discussion. All right. So next week, uh, overshooting the creative target. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I like that. Here, let's All right. put that in there. Uh, target. There we go. Um, okay. So hey, remember a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, I talked about this palette thing right yeah that silly video together yeah yeah yeah. okay so you got you got buttons and you got knobs and you got sliders and you can use them in lightroom or photoshop or whatever it is to do different stuff so apparently not well i i wrote the nice people at palette and they sent me a set to play with for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and i have played with it um it's not for me however i could imagine it being for certain people um so there are the sliders like that are uh, what were they kind of like a fader right mm-hmm. that you could do left to right or up and down. Um, I find that one less useful. I guess maybe it would be good for zoom because you could zoom all the way out and then all the way in. Um, but the knobs make much more sense because I found that the faders like if you had a fader set up for say exposure in Lightroom, the smallest move you could make was more than you'd want to make just mm-hmm. because it's like it's a, if it's a full six stop range that you're going through on the fader and you want to do like one tenth of a stop you can't make 60 different stops along the way of a two inch fader, right you know right right um but the but the but the buttons you can you can actually push down on them like click down to get more precise or more uh, uh larger jumps and that kind of stuff which is kind of cool i guess uh, my question is this okay what does this give you that an ipad or an ipad pro with a configurable set of buttons, sliders, etc., does not give you. I think it's the tactile thing, right? Some people really like actual have my hand on the button or the knob or the thing. But they're so clunky. Just yeah. from a design perspective, okay. they are so clunky. Are you the kind of person who likes virtual keyboards? Uh, like typing on my my iPad, iPad or something? Yeah. I don't mind it. Okay. That dri- prefer, that drives me crazy. I prefer uh, a, a a physical keyboard, but typing and and making adjustments to sliders, yeah. I see those as different things. Okay. It's it's I have a, di- a slightly different perspective in this just cuz I used to do a lot of the audio stuff on like real analog consoles and stuff is that when you move to even automating stuff with curves and stuff, even though you have so much more granularity and control, it doesn't feel like you're connected to the song in that case in the same way. There's also a neat trick that they do where let's say in Lightroom in the develop panel, the top thing is, you know, white balance and exposure and all that kind of crap. Right. And then Mm -hmm. the next one down is curves and the next one down is, you know, whatever they are, the hue saturation stuff. You can set up the buttons 
to jump down to the next set of stuff and you can change how each are mapped per section on the develop fair enough module so okay. you could you know i'm gonna change the 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 white balance and exposure okay press the button and now you're in curves and you're changing things and then you press a button and now you're in you know a vignette or whatever whatever you like to use it'll you can actually program it to jump around which i i could imagine if you were a um like a, a event photographer or something like that. You could jump one picture, so zip, 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 you know, press a button, zip, 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 faster than you could move your mouse and make those changes. Um, I guess I guess the over, I mean, I, I, I see all the value in that. I really do. I yep. think what bothers me the most about these is just the clunkiness of the design. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. You know, I, that yeah. they could have used little pots like, like you find on a, on a mixer. Yeah, well, those are very expensive. Uh, well, the knobs actually feel a lot like pots on a mixer. Mm -hmm. um, and the buttons are definitely uh, arcade buttons. Like they're right. definitely arcade buttons. Like little asteroids. Like, Doo -doo -doo, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, overall, though, and then it, so then they use some. Uh, oh, a that was the spaceship, by the way. That was really nice. Thanks. Uh, they use a plug in. <laughs> architecture to make it work with a lot of the other Adobe stuff. Apparently Lightroom is different than Photoshop and Premiere and, and the rest of them. Um, you said you had, you had a little bit of trouble well, getting it. Okay. To work, so yeah? I'm, yeah, I'm using Yosemite and CC 2014 right now because I had so many problems with LCAP and CC 2015. Okay. Uh, so it may be that, you know, that like their plugin doesn't work great, but like I tried installing and reinstalling. It wouldn't work. The plugin wouldn't work with the older OS rather well, than the newer OS. Well, that's it's, 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 or, or the new Photoshop. I don't know whatever I was doing. I could never get it to work in Photoshop. Like it never, hmm. there's like an app. And then there's like one of the modules is sort of the brain module that you plug, click everything else into. Um, and that shows the icon of whatever it is you're working on, like when it's connected correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I could never get it to connect to Photoshop for whatever reason. I will say, though, that the way that the things click together with magnets, so you can put them in any orientation you want or any design you want, was really slick. Um, the price is a little too high, but uh, but it was, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of cool. Um, not my cup of tea, but I thank them very much for sending it to me. And now we we know from personal experience. Right. But interestingly enough, I in Twitter this morning there was another company that made like a little USB knob that I didn't I didn't even click on it, but I uh, that that apparently there are more than a few of these things. Is all I'm saying. Um, yeah, I still like the new pot that I have as my volume control on my on my stereo now. Mmm, that's tasty. Shooting film. Did you yeah, shoot some I film? I didn't put this in there. You didn't? No. I didn't put that in there. I think you did. I don't remember putting it in there. That's weird. Did I, I do that when I was high? <laughs> yeah, big, big, big chance of that. Uh, okay, shooting film. Shooting yeah. film's great. Shooting Everybody film's awesome. Everybody should do it. Woo! Yay, film. Man, I wonder why we put that in there. Uh, you know, I, I... Part of a conversation from last week, maybe. I, I will say, I went up to, uh, uh, when I was in New York... Went to B and H again just for a little bit. What'd you think? What'd you think? Well, it's it's I've been there before. Except I've yeah. been there once before, uh, but it was it was nice to see the uh, the film section. Yeah, but it's tiny. It is tiny. It, it is used tiny. to be an entire wall. Yes. Yeah. And now it's now, three companies film. How do you feel? This is actually this is inspired a, a, a an audible here. Um, what are your thoughts on shooting analog but printing digitally? Now, this is something that that 
Gregory Crudson has done on his latest project. This is something that Nick Brandt does. He, in both cases, they shoot film, but then scanning any post and printing is done digitally. Is that a, is that a conversation for another time? Uh, it, it could be. I, I think that it's a perfectly valid way of doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the control you get in printing digitally and manipulating stuff digitally is hugely more powerful than uh than than doing it uh, uh you know in analog processes mm -hmm. um maybe unless you're you're sticking with black and white or you're you're Jerry Ulsman and you've got you know multiple enlargers or something yeah, like that yeah but i mean even yeah. doing that stuff i mean it's like yeah you can do it that way there are better ways to do it nowadays arguably mm -hmm. i mean there's also the people who shoot digital and then make negatives and do contact prints on analog contact prints from digital negatives, right? So it's sort of like there are the, both combinations, right? In both directions. Which brings up an interesting aside. Yep. Do you remember, um, it was a while back where where uh, Ted Forbes was, was at, um, gosh, I forget where he was, but he was, there was a, a listening to Sally Mann speak. Sure. And uh, somebody asked about, somebody asked her about her thoughts on digital and, and Ted kind of slammed the question. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, we've got better things to worry about type of that. And that was, okay. that was kind of the attitude about it. Like, why would you ask about that? But interestingly, I was reading something about Sally Mann where she will, will use digital and then make eight by 10 plates or have eight by 10 plates made from digital really and then print analog really yeah and it started she tells a story a, a particular plate cracked and her one of her assistants uh assisted her in in using photoshop to put it back together scanned it put it back together fix the seam fix the seam okay and they found a fellow that that is able to make eight by ten plates from digital files. Okay. Wonder how he's doing that, but okay. I don't know. Oh, well, I and guess I, just, I guess he's 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 sensitizing it the same way and just like uh, projecting. Is, is, uh, it, is it projecting? Is it yeah. is it? He must going be projecting over... a negative onto the plate to flip it again. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, or maybe using. I mean, could you use a Retina display so you're not seeing pixels? Is that enough resolution? Is that enough fidelity? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, good question. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was fascinating that that. You know, there's not just analog or just digital. There are ways to make a workflow that pulls the best of both yeah. into something that works for you. Yep. Yeah. I I shoot film occasionally. I have not printed in a dark room since 2005. You know, um, I just ha I, I have I personally have no need to do it. There are people who are way better than me at it. So if I was ever going to have, you know, really nice silver prints done, I'd hire some master printer to do it for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as, as you've said, that San Gabriel semi-gloss with multiple black paper, inks. Man. That's a I great mean, paper. Black and white on that looks amazing. Yeah, it does. And it's yeah. sort of like, well, you know, what am I getting by doing that? Other than the fact that I can now say, oh, yeah, I went and did it. It took a long time. It was hard, you know. Yeah, like th 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 that's not enough value to me. Uh, who is the what's his name? Um, who was talking to 
the talk at the New York Public Library a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that we watched, we talked about and, and watched the thing. Anyway, I forget the guy's name. This is going to kill me. God, uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I just remember. It was in Harvey Wang's book from, oh, okay. from uh, Dark Room to Daylight is, oh, is okay. the Sally Mann story. All right. We'll have to, I'll have to read that. Yeah. Um, well, he was saying that he went, this guy went and shot, God, what the hell is his name? Anyway, um, he went and shot some of his new project in digital and he came home and he was like, eh, I don't like these. And he went and restarted the project again in film because he likes shooting film. And, Which is and a perfectly you know what? reasonable thing to do. It's perfectly reasonable. The only unreasonable thing about it is that it's now getting expensive and now there's less and less film out there and there's less and less people processing it. And like, I know that I can't afford to go shoot a roll of film a day. I don't have $6,000 a year to spend on film and processing, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the time it takes to scan or, or shoot these things is very time consuming. Um, I, w- I would rather put my time, I don't see enough of a benefit personally for doing that to justify the amount of time and expense that it takes. Right. You know, some people do that and they look at it and they go, Oh, I'm getting something in film that I could never get in, in digital. And so I'm going to shoot film. Oh, that's great. You know? And I think <clears throat> there are those for whom that is true. Yep. That, that whether, whether it's, yeah, whether Cruz's new thing was on digital, wasn't it? Crudson's new thing is on is on digital, and you know if you talk to him and if you talk to to Rick, it took them a long while to get it to where they wanted it, both right. from a post processing standpoint and especially from a lighting standpoint. It well, took it's, it's them a different thing. It took them a lot of tries to get where they where they had where they had gotten to in in Beneath the Roses, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is interesting because why should it shift that much? You know? Well, I mean, we're talking uh, about. Stay tuned. We're, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Dirty was the last assignment. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think Max next wins <laughs> for dirty. <laughs> Wait, I didn't see Max's picture. Hold on. Oh, the salt, God. Oh, salt that's. Sea. Oh, man. That's rough. Salton Sea is a weird place. Is that that one town in Salton Sea, or is it somewhere else? Uh, it is. It is probably in in the Salton Sea. You know, what is that one town down there? The though? area of of well, it, that's there's uh, it's, it's Bombay not, Beach. Bombay it's, Beach. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, is 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 the area. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, I don't. Beaches made out of like uh, pulverized fish skeletons and bird skeletons and makes stuff. Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Gardner, cute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me, I'm looking for Frederick Clark. May have you seen him? Father yeah. signs, buddy. Yeah. Uh, this was oh, a fun Freddy. one. So, uh, Mitch, good, uh, good stuff. Uh, Peter Evans, you can't go wrong with Peter Evans. Mo Morgan, that's a that's a rough spot. What were you just, Ugh. were you having, were you having lunch and a beer? What were you, what were you doing there, Mo? Ugh. Rough. Yeah. I, the fact that, uh, Emra's picture is where sugar production in rural India is a dirty business. It's like, makes you not want to eat sugar when you see where it comes from right. like that. Right. Uh, Philip uh, Hill's portrait's lovely of the guy with the washing is a power washer. What is that? Oh yeah. 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 In front That's of nice. the, the corrugated metal yep. background. Yeah. yeah I like yep. that one. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, Tanya, abandoned houses are dirty. This one came equipped with a beehive. That's always nice. 
Um, I didn't photograph it, but was in the room with the red curtain. The black and white is basically the same shot as I posted to Instagram yesterday, but I took it with my big camera. I, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Tim, when the bot, when the bottom drops out, it gets dirty. Would you ever do these, uh, these, uh, tough mutter things? (laughs) No, I'd get my ass handed to me. Are you kidding? Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Tough mutter. No, I I am not a tough mutter. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're a different kind of mother. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, nice, nice. Yeah, there's uh, good stuff though. Good stuff. All right, what's uh, what are you, what are you uh, thinking this, this week? This week, um, community, community, community. Love uh, is is this week's. Um, yeah, communities are important. Whether whether they are family communities or friends or or just people you get together with every once in a while. Community, sure. good stuff. I drove a, I drove a boat this weekend. You drove a boat. Yep. Yeah. Big thirty three foot Bertram. Yeah. Good. Uh, Did you run into anything? No. See, you know, boats and planes have the same problem for me. Where once you get out on the open water, you can like you know jam it and go really fast, but there's no sense of speed because there's nothing close enough to you to reference the speed. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, you can go anywhere. It's like, well, that's no fun. It's just a big empty plane that I'm zooming around on. Like, I don't understand that. Why is that fun? Right. Um, yeah. It's funny. I should have taken some pictures of some. Uh, we went right by Taylor Swift's house. Taylor Swift has this big giant house in Watch Hill in Rhode Island. Oops, sorry. Wait, Taylor Swift lives in Rhode Island? Taylor Swift has a really nice like house right on this hill overlooking this beach in Rhode Island. Wow, Nice. Was she there? Did you say hi? She wasn't there. Although we were walking. Did it you was say, hey, hey, Tay Tay? My mom and uh, Lisa, my friend Lisa and their little daughter, Holly, and I were walking up to this beach and the entrance to the beach is like right next to the gate to her house. And as we were walking by the, enter- the entrance to the beach, the gates to her house opened up and we were like, oh my God, we're going to see Taylor. And then it was her beach guy. Or her uh, pool guy. Her beach guy. Her pool guy. (laughs) He's the one who cleans the beach for her? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. She spent like (laughs) tens of millions of dollars or something, some ridiculous thing on a seawall that they had to build out in front of it for her to do the house. Wait, what? There was like a big giant wall of boulders and whatever it is in order to stop erosion for her to build her house. But it costs like millions of dollars apparently and she paid for it. Well, she's got it. What does she care? Yeah, it's beautiful. She'll just, uh, you know, write another song. Uh, somebody, uh, yelled at us the other day about not, uh, talking about enough nature and landscape photographers. And we talked about a nature photographer last week and we're going to talk about another one this week. Well, uh, but first next week, kids live Q and a show. Okay. Do it live. Well, I think that people are going to have to send in some Q and A's. Well, they're send in some, some sure. Yeah. Send them in, but, but you can also, you know, yeah. ask and listen live. Okay. It'll be I about 9 30 AM EST. Okay. So if you want to listen in, listen in, man. 9.30 a.m. EST. What is that in uh, uh, Greenwich Mean Time or UTC? Isn't that UTC the thing that everyone uses? Uh, I don't know, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) Jim Brandenburg. Yep. Jim, buddy, is it 1994? Why do you still have Flash? Is it 2001? Why do you still have... And only flash sight. I can't see this because you know why? Because I don't have flash. You know you why? You have flash installed? Because flash is dead. Well, yeah, but you don't have it. You don't. Oh, you don't use Chrome. You use a Safari guy, right? 
Yes. Ah. Uh, so I'd love to see your work, Jim, but uh, I think sorry. I think it's probably because he spent a lot of money on this site. It looks very uh, expensive. Does it? Here, let me. You know, you know it's also from 2010. Here, let me switch over. Jesus, let me switch over to Chrome for you, Jim. I'm switching yeah. over to Chrome. Oh, it's so hard. It's for you, Jim. Command space C H enter. Jim, I'm <laughs> I'm tabbing, Jim. For you, I hope you appreciate this, Jim. <laughs> Making me tab. So, photographer of the week is Jim Brandenburg uh, from Minnesota, National Photo- National Geographic photographer for 30 plus years. Uh, he's, yeah, he's been for around a long time. New York Times, Life, Time, Autobahn, Smithsonian, Natural History, Geo, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He shot everyone, everywhere, all the time. Everyone, um, everywhere, all the time. Is that is that really how it goes? No, but he has taken a lot of pictures of a lot of places, I guess is the better way to put it. Okay. Um, um, yeah, so Flash and Blogspot. Those are... All right. He's old school, man. All right. You should like it. He's 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 probably almost as old as you, this guy. <laughs> he's <laughs> um It's beautiful work. It is beautiful work. Uh and 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 somebody I think called oh, this, in to suggest wow. White Wolf leaping like leaping from iceberg to iceberg or Which, ice. Uh, float, are ice you float. in the uh main uh what are you looking at exactly? His favorites. Oh the favorites, sure. Jim's yeah, favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wolf is uh is on the edge right there. Hey, did you know that deer can swim like miles and miles in the ocean? Deer can swim between islands. You're just gonna hmm. let me hang there? Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't I don't mean I don't know how to respond. I I don't I, it never occurred to me that they couldn't. Does that sound weird that they would? Apparently they do it all the time. Like deer are like serious swimmers, and you'll be like ten miles out in the ocean and you'll see deer. Isn't that weird? Well, first of all, I would never be 10 miles out in the ocean. So it would probably be stranger to see me 10 miles out in the ocean Why, than the of, deer. You're afraid of the water like that? I'm not afraid of the water. I just don't want to not be able to see land. <laughs> okay. There's no reason for me to not be able to see land. There's no reason for me to be out that far where I can't see land. No reason at all. Some people say that that's half the fun. Well, they can have my half and then they get all the fun. All right. Uh, Jim Brandenburg, there's an interesting video here called Chased by the Light. Apparently, he was shooting for Nat Geo. He was working tons and tons of hours. Uh, he has like a little cabin that studio that I think he and his wife live at or near up in Minnesota. And he sort of hit a creative wall where he didn't know why he was taking pictures anymore, according to this doc that I watched about two thirds of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an hour and something long. And so he decided to do a 90 minute project where he shot one frame per day for 90 days. This was, uh, eight or 10 years ago, I think now, um, may've been 2004, may've been before that actually. I don't even know. Oh no, it was from the nineties is 94, I think. So he went out with his camera and, you know, shot one frame a day and that was his project. I like, you know, the, the one picture a day thing is even harder when you're only allowing yourself one press of the shutter button per day. Mm-hmm. You know, that gets even more hardcore. Um, and he would go out and he would find stuff in these woods around his house, just go for these hikes and find one picture. And some of them are beautiful. Some of them are inspired. Some of them to me are a little sort of ordinary nature photography photography. Um, but I just like the whole idea of the whole limitation kind of thing 
Uh, and he said at one point he thought he, you know, he was going to quit cause he wasn't happy with what he was getting or whatever it is. And, you know, he kept at it. <clears throat> and, uh, I think a lot of times that's, that's part of the process that you're not going to get what you want all the time, you know, True. uh, that True. you just, you just got to keep working at it. It's like the old, uh, uh, um, stone song. It's the old stone song. Oh yes. No, I wasn't going to go there. Yeah. But yeah, you could do that too. It's the old Rolling Stones song. Um, yeah, I but, like his work. I can't stand the site. Um, site's awful. Sorry. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, site's but d- wait, did you notice on the upper right-hand corner you can jump to galleries? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's still just... It's that not, took me a little while to even figure that out. It, it, usability, bad, 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 bad. I guess my question with this kind of nature photography... There are beautiful images in here, like absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous images, right? This yeah. guy is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yet a lot His of choices times- are interesting too on what to focus on. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but no, I, I just, what I'm noticing is, is what to allow to stay in focus, what to allow not to stay in focus, where he places subjects in the yep. frame occasionally. Yeah. It, it, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in his head before he takes the picture I think. yeah yeah and there's a and there's a whole section if you go to the galleries there's a chased by the light gallery that are his one a day ones 90 of them mm-hmm. um and see some of them are amazing and some of them are you know a little more a little less amazing but that's kind of the fun part of the fun of it right yes um, and but i but i will say that my question with this kind of stuff and the reason why somebody called in and said why do you not talk about landscape or, or nature photographers that often is that I've seen very few nature or landscape photographers where I feel like I'm really getting their point of view. Like I look at their picture and I go, Oh, that's by so-and-so, you know, like I, and I is that at- important? Is it important to, to, to be able to define a photographer or, or uh, recognize yeah. a photographer by their work? To me, maybe. Um, oh, I, it's, this you know. shot, Cape Buffalo and Glossy Starling. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Where's the one? Where is it? In in uh, in the Africa Gallery. Okay. It is uh, Cape Buffalo. It's it's uh, right right below the image of the of the 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 trails in the mud, next to the the silhouettes of the giraffes against the sunset, to the right okay. of the silhouettes okay. of the giraffes. Yeah. Cape Buffalo and Glossy Starling, Africa, where he's got the the starling and the branch in focus and the buffalo out of focus beyond. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that cool. is a gorgeous photograph. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, he's 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 serious, serious shooter. Like, yeah. serious shooters. Amazing stuff. I just, yeah, I just have this thing about nature photography in general is that I feel like it's, it's difficult to have a unique perspective. Okay, so to come back to Nick for a second. Yeah. Since his... Wildlife. I feel like his stuff is far more. I you can see his picture, and I can I can see where it comes from. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I can, Jim. Yeah. Okay. okay. And maybe that's part of it. Is is his post processing and and that kind of stuff, right? Like where he has a a more consistent um, tone to his images, mm-hmm. where Jim's images are just very sort of correct, vibrant, you know, sort of Kodachromey. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he has that look. What's the guy? Uh, Steinmetz, George Steinmetz. I don't know. Let me see. see he's the one that the Nat, Nat Geo shooter that that does the little paraglider all over Africa. Some of his oh, shots yeah, remind yeah, yeah. me of him. Yep. Isn't that who it is? George yep, Steinmetz. Yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Some yes. of his his uh, overhead shots remind me of Steinmetz quite a bit. You know what's scary? Paragliding. 
I, I would be, I would love to do it. You'll do that, that but you won't try. go 10, 10 miles out to sea. Yeah. Well, I can't drown in a paraglider. Yeah, but you could fall. Yeah, but then you hit the ground, it's over. It's quick. <laughs> Not me gasping for breath as I'm going down or being uh, eaten by something. Oof. We'll put it, we're gonna, I'm going to put the links in the show notes. Uh, I'm not saying it makes sense, Bill. Okay. I, I, believe me, after <laughs> 217 episodes, <laughs> I know it's not all going to make sense. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, even um, the shot, like, look at this shot of a blueberry. It's just yeah. terrific. Like, there's one ripe blueberry amongst a branch of unripe. It's just, even that. You're making me hungry for blueberries now. Right. Why are you doing that to me? I don't know. I'm, I'm a man with a hunger, and you're, I, you're making it worse. I went to Duck Donuts yesterday. How was Duck Donuts? It's not bad. It's not Pips, but it's not bad. It'll do until Nate lets me open a franchise here in D.C. You're going to open a, a Pips franchise? I would open a Pips franchise in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? I wonder how much it costs to open. Oh, it's probably expensive. It's probably expensive, yeah. I wonder what the markup is on donuts. It's got to be I don't know. The, the, right? the donuts at Ducks are buck thirty-five a piece. And it's kind of like Duck Donuts is sort of like Chipotle for donuts. Okay. Like they only have one donut. And then you choose what toppings you want on it, whether it's oh, okay. a, an icing or a drizzle or, you know, bacon or coconut, whatever it is. I've never heard of this Duck Donuts. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, I will check it out. I have a donut shop up the hill from us that is old school, like diner donuts. And it's the way I like my donuts. You've also got Donut Pub in Manhattan, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, and, and, and the Donut Factory, is that what it's called? The, I didn't go there. Just, I love the Donut I'm not Pub. A, I'm not terrific. a fan of the Donut Factory or whatever it is. Uh, too fancy. I just, want, I just want a glazed donut, right? That's what this place is. It's just okay. a, it's like a coffee shop. There's a little counter. You order your donut, you get a coffee. They got a, a sip and dip is the special there. So you get a donut and a coffee and that's it. You're good to go. Oh, I know this place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the place that you, you you like? I like it a lot, yeah. Oh, the little tiny place on 14th Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yes, that's the kind of donuts I can get up the hill from me. Yep. Love that. Yeah, been there. Sat there, uh, I think, with Todd, actually. Todd Reynolds? Um, coming back to Todd Reynolds at the end of the Well, he gets thing. around, that guy. He's uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we will talk to you next week. We'll do a Q&A, call in, send in, email. 347-687-9411. 347-687-9411. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Bill is at Bill Wadman. I'm at <laughs> Jeffrey Sidoris. Yeah. It's actually uh, funny. Bill is actually a Jeffrey Sidoris and right. Jeffrey we're, is we're at Bill we're, we're swapping. It's like, it's going to like be like a weird Freaky Friday thing. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, sorry about the rant ahead, but but take care of each other. Yep. It's uh, it's it's getting really weird out there. And and just look out for each other. Take care of each other. And, yep. and you know, go, go give someone you love a hug. Aw. The person I yeah. love the most is on her way to Chicago right now. Well... Can't give but her she'll a hug. be back, maybe. Yeah, she'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> when she when she learns she could get away, she's gonna turn around and never. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> I don't this have to go awesome. back there. Oh, honey, I missed my flight. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Honey, I missed my flight. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jeffrey. Yeah, see ya. Have a good day, everyone.
this way Say what you wanna say Try to